Today, I want to take our church's attention to meditate on 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Let's meditate on 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9 and, and 10. Now, verse 9 and 10, it says, um, When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Tell me, Elisha. What can I do for you? You've been walking with me. We've been working together. You've been following me all these days. We are reading from 2 Kings chapter number 2, verse 9 and 10. It's on the screens here. And it says, uh, when they had crossed over, Elijah turned around and asked Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Elisha said, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. I've seen your work. Uh, I've seen the wonders you've been doing. I've seen the miracles you've been doing. And I've seen how uh, the anointing in your life has opened doors and opened ways for relationships to thrive and miracles to happen. Uh, uh, I've seen all of that. But now today I'm asking one thing, not for finance, not for fame, not for anything else, but for a double portion of the anointing that rests upon your life. And Elisha saw Elijah so carefully that the only thing he wants to inherit from Elijah is not the wealth, nothing of the uh, uh, status that he has claimed, but the only thing that he wants is the double portion anointing in Elijah's life. The reason why Elisha was keen to gather or gain the double portion anointing was Elisha understood one thing. If only I get the double portion anointing, everything else that ever need in my life will follow through. The only thing that I need in my life is the double portion anointing. The double portion anointing. If Elijah was used mightily by God, I believe God can use me too. And if God gave X number of set of anointing over his life, you know, I think I can receive the 2X factor of the same anointing that rests upon Elijah's life. Can I just ask my church, when we ask the Lord to bless us with something, always be mindful of our blessings from God must bless the kingdom of God. Amen. Can I hear an amen? What, 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 what about the blessings that we receive in our life? And it was not just meant to bless us, but through us, the blessings must bless the kingdom of God. That's how God works. That's how God works. Because everything about God's blessing in the life of His children was not to be just stagnant in our life, within our family, but it was always meant to affect the life of people all around us. So I, I, I just ask my congregation today, what are you asking the Lord today? This morning when we gather in God's prayer, what are you asking? Lord, bless me with more connections. Okay, what are you going to do with more connections? What are you going to do with more blessings coming your way? Can I just ask my church, can we bless God's house? Can we bless the kingdom of God where He has planted us? That we become that tree that under whose branches there won't be people who will gather together because there is shade under that tree. Or can we become that tree planted by the rivers of God? So that by the streams of that river, that tree will always thrive and it will always bear fruit in season or out of season. So that the fruits of the Spirit was not just meant for you, the fruit is meant for others to enjoy. That's how the kingdom works. So when Elisha 
walks with Elijah, the only thing Elisha wants is, Lord, give me the double portion anointing that rests upon your servant. The double portion anointing that rests upon the double portion anointing that, that, that your servant is carrying. I just want two times of that. There's only one thing that I receive. I one thing I need. I need a double portion of that anointing that rests upon Elijah's life. Elijah did 16 miracles in his lifetime. 16 miracles in his lifetime. Elijah did 31 miracles when he was alive. 31 miracles when he was he was alive. Pastor, that is not double. Double means 16 and then it should be 32. But do you know when Elisha died, he was buried. He was put in the cave, in the tomb. Uh, uh, once there was a group of people who were running away from the robbers when they were trying to treat them bad. And uh, one of them died. And when one of them died, because these, this group of people were so scared that they just want to run away, they immediately threw the dead body into the tomb without even knowing that was Elisha's tomb. And guess what happened? The moment that dead body, even after years, when the moment the dead body hit the very bones of Elisha, Bible record saying that the dead body came back to life. Can I declare in this room that the anointing that rests upon your life doesn't just end when you are ready to go. God says in God's promises that no matter how bad situations look like, but one touch of heaven in your life will bring back to life what is dead. And I repeat that anointing in this house today. The double portion anointing in the lifetime of Elisha, 31, after he died, one more miracle, just to make sure that what my servant asked, you have received that. What my servant asked, you have received that. If we ask of the Lord something, he will never keep it away. Elisha asked for just one thing. Lord, I need the double portion anointing. Here you go, son, because you are my obedient follower. You have been following me for such a long time. Here you go. You know, I love the story here. And, 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 and the whole scripture that I'm preaching about today is from 2 Kings chapter number 2. And 2 Kings chapter number 2 is, I want to take your attention to the title of my sermon after I have given you the, the scripture is the path to double portion. The path to double portion. Listen, there's nothing that is free in life. Buy one, get one free. There is a price attached to it too. We, don't, we know it, but still we fall in the trap sometimes. There's always, there's nothing called free cheese. There is everything, there is a price tag attached to it. See, salvation is God's gift to us. It is free. But what is the use of it when you and me don't accept it? Are you with me? We accept it. Mom has prepared good meal. But if you're not around the table, you ain't getting nothing. If you're not in the house, you're, gone, you're not getting anything. Why? Because mom has prepared it, but I got to be there where their food is served. God's salvation is a gift for humanity. You, I can't do anything for making him do it because he's already done it. The only thing I need to do is receive him in my heart and say, God, I receive you today. Just one statement. The entourage of God's blessings come into our life. Why? Because we surrender and yielded to the very commandment of God saying, God, thank you for the gift of salvation. Through Christ Jesus, I believe. In you. Listen, the path to double portion. A lot of us want blessings in our life. 
A lot of us want some sort of a breakthrough in our life. Somebody recently said, breakthroughs don't come in drive-throughs. Let that thought just sink in. We, we, we live in an instant world where we want everything so fast. You know, my son Josiah, he puts the popcorn in the, in the microwave and he goes, wait there. It takes two minutes? No, it should be done in 30 seconds. It should be done in 15 seconds. When will I get my popcorn? When will I get to eat it? Mom, I need it now. The chicken nuggets, it takes three minutes for it to cook. I want it now, right now. It doesn't happen that way. There's a time process to it. Breakthroughs don't come in drive-throughs. What are you willing to do to press in for receiving your miracle today? Look, God wants to do it. But sometimes we are so busy walking away, asking the Lord, but we're busy not being in His presence. The path to the double portion. There is the way. There is the path. And sometimes the journey is as important as the destination. Listen to this. The journey is as important as the destination because it's in the journey you get to learn. It's in the journey God gets to teach you. It's in the journey that you sometimes, God empties you out so that when you reach to the perfect place where God wants to take you, that nothing of your life becomes a hindrance to receive His blessings at the destination. Oh, a couple of weeks ago, we went to, what was this place? Colorado Springs. Man, I tell you, 13 hours drive. Stuck with a two-year-old and a seven-year-old. Lord, give me patience. That's what we prayed. Lord, give me patience. The moment we started, they started asking, are we there yet? For the next 13 hours. Parents, have you ever been there? For the next 13 hours, are we there yet? Can we just pull over? Are we there yet? McDonald's, I want that right now. Chick-fil-A, I want... We got to stop at every place. I'm like, shut up, sit back. When we reach, we'll tell you. So we needed extra grace and patience. You know, sometimes when you go on a trip for the next seven days, you, you need to have a vacation after you have done vacation. <laughs> How many parents agree with me? Like, uh, we came back, we we're like, oh, I think I need to wind up. I, need, I think I need to shut off my tel- telephone mobile phone, just be in a place where I just have peace to myself. But I tell you, it was during the journey, and I love my trip, and I was telling my brother, it was after many, many years, in fact, you know, like we could do a road trip together as a family. It was in the journey that we started talking so much stuff. It's in the journey that we came together. Actually, you know, most of you all know my brother and I, we are 10 years apart. So it's been 10 years, you know, like watching him grow from very far away, but now when he is there with me to see him as he is adulterated, he is grown, he thinks differently. And to watch him do that, you know, and like, and when I was in India, I was driving him places. When he is here, he is now driving me. Just to see that was just blessing my heart. In the journey, we were having meaningful conversations that is helping our life together, our relationship. Is somebody understanding what I'm trying to say? It's in the journey. God often teaches us valuable lessons to carry out the anointing that rests upon your life. Bible helps us to understand the anointing shall break the yoke. Praise the Lord. Next time, don't pick up your phone to complain. Pastor, I have this trouble. No, brother, you got that anointing within you. Sister, you got that anointing within you. When have you understood that God's anointed me for a time such as this? Everybody in this room, husbands, listen to me. You're anointed for your family's benefit. 
You're anointed for your, your children. You're anointed for the people around you. Wives, listening to me. You're anointed for a time such as this. God anointed you so that you will carry out the purpose of God in your time, in your circle of influence, wherever God has positioned you. We complain a lot. We complain about everything under the sun. Pastor, why is the fan going clockwise, not anti-clockwise? Why is this light? Why? We, 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 we try to complain about everything under heaven. Everything that is moving. We try to complain, but that's how we wired. We always try to pinpoint what's not working. Have you noticed what's working? It's working because of His grace. Have we paused to say, God, thank you? And if it's not working, He's already anointed you to call it out. Why? Because you're anointed as a prophet in this time and age. Your voice matters. Your, your, your words matter. What you call out will come to pass because that's the anointing that rests upon your life. Hallelujah. When you see families troubled in their marriage, when, they, when you see families troubled in their relationships, when you see members of the body of Christ going through some battles in their life, pick up your phone and pray for that person because you are anointed. And maybe through your prayer, God wants to do a miracle in their life. Can we do that, church? Can we do that? Somebody that you know on your social media who is battling through cancer, pick up your phone and pray for that person. Maybe God will honor your faith for that person. You're anointed. You're anointed. Somebody who needs to uh, come to the Lord's salvation, pray for that person. You're anointed. You're already gifted by God. Listen, the path to double portion anointing. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. When they crossed over, Elijah asked Elisha, tell me, what can I do to you before I'm taken from you? <clears throat> Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. Uh, 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 verse 10 is interesting. It says, you've asked a difficult thing. You've asked a difficult thing because there's a price for anointing. A price for anointing. And this is it. Elijah said, yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not work. The only way it's going to work is that you must see me when I am taken up. When I am with the Lord, when the Lord is taking me over, when I am crossing over into the heavenlies, when I am transfigured into the heavenlies, you must still see me. Your vision is very important for your double portion anointing. You know, what are you going to do? God wants to see what are you going to do with the blessings God is going to give, give it in your life. Like how transfixed is your eyesight, your vision on what God wants to do through you. So you must focus on Elijah. And the moment he's transfigured into the heavenly being, you must still focus on Elijah. And it is the very moment the anointing will fall upon your life. Listen to the assignment very carefully. Sometimes we focus on things and most of the time we focus on things what our heart is connected to. Whatever our heart is connected to. The biggest test in our life is go through a test and not even know that we're going, uh, we've been tested by God. Amen? A lot of us, sometimes what happens is we've been tested by God for something better in our life, but we don't even know that He's testing us. Why? Because there is going to be challenges where God is testing our heart's intention in those moments. Elijah, Elijah, you, 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 gotta, you gotta transfix your eyes. You gotta fix your eyes 
on your master Elijah, have a clear conscience within your heart for what I am going to do. If I have done in his life, I'm going to do it through you. But I need you to fix your eyes on me. There should be a change in your heart. There should be a change in your heart. Listen, four different places that shaped Elisha's double portion anointing in the scriptures. In reading chapter 2, verse 1 onwards, when we listen and read, we see three, four different portions where Elijah had to stop uh, 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 and they move on for the next assignment. Elijah has been doing a school of ministry among the prophets. He's, he has a school of prophets and he has been teaching and developing. Can I ask, there should be leaders in our community. Somebody asked me this question. What, 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 Pastor Justin, what is your thought about pastors and what do you recommend pastors in their 50s must be doing? I said pastors, no matter what age it is, but they will always see for the next generation, somebody need to be imparted in that generation. The, the, the ministry should never be focused on any pastor or a leader. Can I hear an amen? No ministry should ever be focused on that person. I was talking to somebody recently and I said, Pastor, you are 67 years of age. Who do you see as your successor if you drop dead tomorrow preaching? I had to ask him, I'm sorry. but Who, who do you see to succeed this ministry? And I believe every minister must have a person associated or a team associated that the church doesn't cease to function when the leader passes away, when the leader moves on, when the leader gets another assignment. But I pray that a generation will awaken God. It is me that you want to use in this time and age. And I summon and my eyes are fixed on Elijah, the master. Recently, I've been, I've been sitting down with some of our young adults and youth of our church and taking them out for dinner and coffee and one of the questions that I'm asking most of them and today I want to openly ask that question to our church here one of the questions that I've been asking most of them number one with the anointing and the talent and the gift that God has placed in your life can God trust you can he trust you with the influence, the wealth, with the blessings God has already given in your life. Can he trust you? Second question I asked was, can I trust you as the pastor? Two questions. A lot of ministries, a lot of work on God's kingdom derails to function. The reason is because insecurities creep in. But I had to ask that question, the authority God put in my heart, can I trust you as a pastor? Can I trust you for the work that God wants us to do in God's vineyard? This is God's vineyard. The house of God is known as God's vineyard. Can a pastor trust you? Can God trust you? Elisha, your eyes must be fixed on your master. That's how you receive your double portion anointing. Your eyes must be fixed on that vision, what God wants to do through you. And as long as your eyes are fixed on Him, can I tell you, He will use you. 32 miracles, exactly double of what Elijah could do. 32 miracles recorded in the scriptures that Elijah performed. Why? His vision was focused on what his master was doing. Obedience brought the blessing in his life. And sometimes 
It takes our obedience to receive our miracles in our life. It just opens and unleashes the presence of God like no other times and places. It just opens up His grace for miracles to happen. Place number one that I want to take your attention to is Gilgal. Place number one that records in the scriptures is that Elijah and Elisha left Gilgal. They camped in Gilgal and they left Gilgal. What does Gilgal mean? Gilgal means a place where the old has to leave, a place of new beginnings. A place of new, what's the word? Beginnings. In the scriptures, we see Joshua chapter 5, verse 9. It says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. This is the very place that I'm taking the reproach away from you. I love the 11 o'clock service because this is extra anointed service. The place where I'm taking the reproach away from you. Israelites, when they, when they, uh, before they enter the promised land, they camped at this place called, uh, 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 and, 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 and this is the place where they camped, they went, they fought battles, they came back, they camped here. This was a place of refreshing. This was a place where began a new day. This is a place where they came back after a tiring battleground experience. They came back to replenish. They came back to re-energize. They came back for a new morning. They came back to this place before, you know, every promise has a battleground that you have to face. Every promised land, uh, there is something that we have to battle. Our greatest promised land is heaven. And on earth, we are raging a warfare. Not with flesh or blood, but against the spiritual darkness that has engulfed this world. There is a battle before any promises. Are you with me, church? There is that battle that we engulf in. And today, we have to understand where the first place that, that is recorded here is Gilgal. A place of new beginnings. Before we encounter the double portion anointing within our life, oftentimes we find ourselves in a place called Gilgal because God has to birth something new in our life. He has to do something new within us so that through what He is doing within us, He can bless others all around us. See, if He does not change what we've been in our life and He starts blessing us and pouring new stuff into us, what happens? It gets mixed up. If the old doesn't die, it gets mixed up. When you go to minister others, you minister others with the old scars of your own self-life. And that's why when we personally go through some baggage, when we go through some struggles in our life, I pray that we encounter a proper healing from God, that our wounds are healed from God. Don't take our wounds when you go to minister somebody. Scars, it's good to be okay to show them the scars of our life. But our wounds must be healed before we minister. It's a place of new beginnings. Gilgal is a place of new beginnings. Before double portion anointing, God sets us up in a place of new beginnings. Something new must come out of your life today. Something old has to pass away today. For Him to bless us with the double portion. Whatever you're praying for this season. But it begins with a journey from Gilgal. A new 
beginning in my Lord, my thought must change a new beginning. Everything that is associated with me, that has put me in darkness, that we put me behind, changed behind closed door, a new thought releases into your system that blesses you altogether. Number two, place number two is Bethel. When you read through chapter number two, you come across this portion. The second place that they camped was Bethel. What is Bethel? Bethel is the house of God. It is the house of God. A place where you hear from God. A place where you have open heavens. It's the house of God. It's the place where God dwells. Bethel. Place number one was Gilgal, a place of new beginnings. But you're going to just stop on the place of new beginnings. You walk to the house of God. You come to the house of God. That's where God renews you. You hear from God. The voice of God must surround the Christians walking away. That the words of the world will shun down when you hear the constant voice of heaven in our life. You know, the words we hear shape us. The words we hear call us into our destiny. The words we hear constantly. What are the words that you are hearing today? If it is Cardi B all the time, something wrong about it. You can't. Pastor, I'm not hearing God's voice. Get that playlist off. <laughs> we expect to hear from God, but we binge watch Netflix. Hallelujah. We must come to Bethel, which is the house of God. Don't you know that your bodies is the temple of God? That the Spirit of God lives in you. Of course, this building, we call it a Zion church. And in Dallas, there are thousands of churches and so many places. These bricks and roof doesn't call and make this a church. It is the being, individual person seated in this room. Don't you know that you are the temple? Which, in other words, mean that you are the Bethel living in bodily form in today's generation. You are the Bethel. It is in you that the Spirit of God lives. We are the Bethel, the carriers of God's presence. He talks to us. He wants to talk to His people. God has never kept himself quiet from his feet. Even the silence of God talks to us. Some of us, we like, Pastor, I prayed for 21 days. I haven't heard from God. Was he silent? Yes, he was talking to me. His silence also prepares us. When we grow as a matured Christian, not just an infant baby, an infant baby always needs attention. But we grow in the maturity of Christ. With our groanings deepen within our systems and family lives. Even the silence of God speaks to us. Don't you know you are God's Bethel? It is in us He dwells. He talks to us. For Elisha to obtain his so-called double portion anointing, you can't just stop in Gilgal. You have to make a way to your Bethel. I'm inviting my church today. Welcome the Holy Spirit into your Bethel. He's talking to us. It is in our Bethel. He's going to mold us and shape us. 
so that our life becomes a living sacrifice which is pleasing unto God. Our life, let me repeat, becomes a living sacrifice which is pleasing to God Almighty. We see that scripture from Genesis chapter 28. Lack of time, not going to read. You can just highlight it, write it down. Please read these scriptures when you are home. I pray the Holy Spirit work in our life. Bethel is a place where God talks. Bethel is a place where God lives. And He wants to live right in you. Third place is the city of Jericho. The city of Jericho. And in modern times, the city of Jericho is also known as the city of palms. A lot of palm trees go around the city. And there are people in our church who live more than six years in, the, in, in Israel. So they know better of the geography of Israel than anybody here. By the way, we as a church, we're planning on a trip to Israel uh, next year in September. We'll keep you updated with, with the proceedings. But uh, I'm thankful that, you know, as we read through this, uh, the, 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 the places here, this just opens up and enlightens something within us. The Jericho, the city of palm trees. Jericho, the city of palm trees. What does it signify? It signifies past victories of God. You know, in order for them to actually uh, uh, capture, be in, in the promised land, they had to break down old fortresses. They had to come through old cities. This is a place of past victories. God has blessed them in these areas. The city of Jericho just reminds them of the past victories from God. What does it remind you? Elijah, I know you've been walking, working with Elijah for a long time. You've seen Elijah performing miracles because he was God's anointed. But Jericho will just remind you, if he is done through Elijah, he can still do it through you. It's a place of past victories. What does it remind us? Because in the remembrance of the place, you will always remember that your victory was from heaven above and not because of your own abilities. Hallelujah. Church, we got to understand any blessing that we receive in our life, any victory that we receive in our life, it's the blessing of God and He's been working in our life. And if He has done it in the past, He will do it again. Can I hear an amen? If He has done it in the past, I repeat, He will do it again. Jericho is a place of past victories. It's the very place where they had to walk around the place. But sometimes the word obedience is what we need to learn. It just opens the door for a newness in our life. The double portion anointing comes from a place of being in Jericho because you have to constantly remind yourself that there's no room for doubt here. If he has done it in the past, he will do it again. Pastor, when my parents used to pray, oh, they used to see the visitation of Holy Spirit and working wonders. Did you forget that He's the same God and He never changes just because times has changed, just because generations have changed or because your parents moved from India to here or whatever place to here? He doesn't change. He has been God even before humanity was set in order, even before you were thought in your mother's womb. He was still God and He's still God. God doesn't change. He's never changed Himself because of the opinion of man. But Jericho just reminds us of the past victories. And sometimes God has to remind us of what has He done in the past. I opened the Red Sea up so that my children can walk into the Red 
into the, into the promised land. I provided them with food in the wilderness so that they, 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 they will not die, but they will walk into the promised land. I was the one who led them. Jericho reminds us of our past victories. And today, sometimes as a family, you must build an altar to remind yourself of the past victories God has given in your life. Sometimes your new miracle comes when you thank God for the past He's done in your life. Can I hear an amen? amen. Your Jericho is very important. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. The final place where the children of Israel has to cross. Can I have the worship team? The final place, the children, uh, the, the, Elisha and Elijah, Elijah and Elisha has to move forward is this place called Jordan, the river Jordan, the river Jordan. They have to cross over the river Jordan. The river Jordan, they say it flows backwards. Uh, uh, there is no much life in it. And the, the, the content of the salt is so much that the, the, there's no life that can produce in, in the streams of this river. And it, it meets the Dead Sea. But they had to cross Jordan to move forward in the, in the following. As Elijah is closely following Elijah. Listen to this very carefully. He cannot move his eyes. No matter where Elijah goes, he has to go. In other words, even if Elijah takes a bathroom break, Elijah can't stop looking at him. It's so weird. I don't want nobody looking at me in that way. But Elijah... Well, you asked for it, Elijah. Elisha, the only thing Elisha wants to do in his life is to gain the double portion anointing. So his eyes are always on his master. No matter where his master got turned to the right, he turns to the right. He turns to the left. He turns to the left. Wherever Elijah goes, he constantly looks because at any moment in life, in a twinkling of an eye, listen to this very carefully, my word, in a twinkling of an eye, Elijah's body can be transfigured into a heavenly body to be with his maker. Listen to this very carefully because this has connotations from our end of days. And a twinkling of an eye, Elijah's body can be transfigured into a heavenly body. And Elisha, you can't complain if you have lost the sight. You can't complain if you've lost the focus. Brothers and sisters walking with us in this journey of life here, our eyes are fixed on Jesus. Our eyes are focused on Jesus. Nothing of the world, the attractions of the world can never derail the purpose of God has for us because our eyes are gazed on who Christ Jesus is at the twinkling of an eye. When our master comes back, I will be with him. It's the blessed hope of the New Testament church. Are you with me, church? They had to cross Jordan. They had to cross Jordan. In other words, Jordan is a place that can potentially kill. There's no much life that grows in that place. Scholars also say that Jesus chose to baptize himself in the river Jordan so that he can actually make it a blessing. Scholars, and there are many arguments with that. That he can actually make this place or this river a river of blessing 
He chose to baptize himself in a place of death. The many death that happens in the river of Jordan. When Elijah and Elisha crosses over, it says signifies one thing. In order for us to cross over, be transfigured, we must die to self. Death to self, that it was not about me. It's about you, God. Perspective changes. Thoughts change. In order for us to receive the double portion in our life, we must be willing to cross the Jordan. The Jordan is a place of death. It's a place where nobody wants to go through. It's a place where we don't want to accidentally stumble across. But in order for us to be in this place, we must understand that it was something God has intended for us so that our life becomes a blessing. Jordan is known as the place of death and the river Jordan represents the boundary for the promised land. To cross, it meant to enter death. I wrote it down so that I don't miss it. To cross, it meant to enter death. But Elijah and Elisha crossed through the Jordan. And it was here that he was taken up in a chariot of fire into eternal life. This represents that we have to die to ourselves in our personal Jordan, in our personal walk with God. Before God can actually mold us to use us for His glory. Brothers and sisters in this room, we don't stop at Gilgal. We don't stop at Bethel. We don't stop at Jericho. We cross over the Jordan. The promise of God awaits for each one of us. Dying to self, self-glory and self-ambitions and self-thought to present ourselves as a living sacrifice for the glory of God so that my life, our life, our family's life, our church life, our ministries can be a blessing to the people outside, can be a blessing for generations to come. Pastor, I want the double portion anointing. Don't wait at your Gilgal. Remind yourself that you constantly hear the voice of God. Remind yourself of the past victories that He is able to lead you through. Remind yourself that you have to cross over the Jordan. Holy Spirit is talking to us today. And I pray we pause to learn these four places that shape the double portion anointing in Elisha's life. He's the same God that works in our life too. In our day-to-day challenges of our family, of our ministry, of our church, of our life, and everything that God has blessed us with. I pray, I pray, we don't stop at our, what's the word? Gilgal. We don't stop at our Bethel. We don't stop at our Jericho. We move forward to cross over Jordan to receive the blessing of God in our life. What is the greatest blessing of God for His children? Huh? What is the greatest blessing of God for His children? Eternal life. 
the greatest promise of God for his children to be with him everybody talks about heaven nobody wants to die but we cross over what happens when we do water baptism what happens when we go under the water something old has died and a new person comes out this is what i believe of course when we die we meet jesus face to face right we begin the journey of eternal life the moment you accept jesus in your personal life we begin the journey of your eternal life when we you say i do and we go under the water you become a new creation that's what the bible helps us to understand the old has passed away i become a new creature in christ i've become a new creation in christ jesus brothers and sisters in this room we are new in christ jesus the old has passed away the old self has died the old sinful thoughts and ways of life has gone away i am new in christ jesus he has blessed me so that i can be a blessing for the world Give me all rights of God. I pray that this message that is a, doesn't just sound good and cool, but it just comes as challenging us and convicting us. Lord, help me change. Help me change because I need a breakthrough in my life. I need a breakthrough in my life, brother. God has already anointed you. Anointing breaks the yoke. Every single person that shows you're anointed by God for a time such as this. You're anointed by God. But understand your Gilgal reminds you. Your Bethel reminds you. Your Jericho reminds you. Your Jordan reminds you that he is the same God who worked in the life of Elijah. The same God who worked in the life of Elisha. is my god how many of you would say he is my god